Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of To the West and Back, where I get to talk to some great people that influence and inspire me. Today, my special guest is KG Lillian. KG, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. So first, just kind of give everyone like a, uh, a little bit of your backstory. For sure. So um, you know me as KG, but uh, I'm Kate Packer. That's my given name. Um, well, you know, the second half is my married name. Yeah. KG kind of came from uh, my first name being Kate, and then my maiden name was Gossage, which no one could pronounce. So when yeah. I went into the world of music, I was like, I need a stage name. Um, and then Lillian was actually my confirmation name. So I put those two together and got KG Lillian, and that's kind of who I've been for since MySpace. That's cool. <laughs> so I did not know that. Yeah. I Well, it's so funny because it's so often that um, I'll introduce myself as KG. Like I remember the first time I went to a professional studio um, and they immediately were like, what's that stand for? And I told them and they just started calling me Kate. And I was like, how do I get people to like accept that this is what I want to go by? But eventually it just kind of stuck. Um, so that's kind of the background of my name. Sneak that in there. But cool. I've been a musician since I was 11, I guess, when I got a guitar. Um, and that's when I started writing. And so that led me down the the road of pursuing music professionally. And along the way, I've been in a band, I've gone solo, um, and I have a lot of other creative obsessions that I sneak in there when I can. Um, Yeah, I guess the other small details about me that I feel are pertinent to mention are that I have a dog, and I have two stepdaughters that I love, and I have a husband, and they're all super supportive, including the dog, (laughs) of, (laughs) of everything I pursue. That's great. That's great. Um, did you initially ask for the guitar? How did you kind of like discover that you're you were passionate about music? Yeah, for sure. That's I love I love telling this story. Um, so in third grade, actually, I was writing poetry. Um, that's his, that's when I remember it starting. Anyway, um, I actually got in trouble in art class because we were supposed to be drawing, which I also enjoyed. But instead, I wrote a poem, um, and I brought it home. My mom was like so proud of it that I thought like I was this literary genius that was like stringing words together in a way that they'd never been heard before in third grade um so I I kept writing poetry yeah and then at age 11 my dad and my brother actually went in on a guitar together because I had started to gain interest in the instrument watching my dad play so we've had guitars in my household like the entirety of my childhood and my dad would play periodically like not super often but I just remember him getting it out and I'd always be like obsessed with watching him play and seeing his fingers move and just like the, I guess the beauty of the instrument. And um, they noticed that and got me one for my 11th birthday. And it was like at that moment that I, my poetry and music, you know, collided. Wow. I love stories like that. That's so cool, you know, to be inspired by your parents and stuff like that. That's kind of how I got into photography. Initially, my dad had a photography business back in the day and kind of showed me a lot of stuff, kind of backstories like that. I love that. Yeah. So it's very parallel to me. Dads yeah. are good for inspiring habits. They are. They are for sure. Um, what would be like one piece of advice that you would uh, give to someone who was, you know, kind of wanting to start doing music and writing music and things like that? This, that's That's such a beautiful question Um, because obviously having been in those shoes in the beginning, you, you want like that encouragement from others who are already like within it. Um, And I, I guess the advice that I would offer is 
most importantly, like set all of the doubt aside because there's going to be enough of that from other people. Um, and if you want to stick with it, you've really got to lock in and believe in yourself. Like, because there are so many people in the music industry um, and making music, but art is unique to the individual. So no matter what you're creating, it's, it's something that you can offer the world. Um, and it doesn't matter if, a, you know, a million other people are doing it because there's never going to be enough music. That's so true. Yeah. It's like, there's so many, so many options, you know, so many people can be creative in so many different ways. And, you know, it's like with wedding photography or something like that, you know, there's so right. many different people that are getting married and, you know, so there's a lot of uh, different options that people have, but everyone has their own unique style and exactly. um, the way of doing things that, yeah. So it's like, you kind of just find who you connect with. Right. I've always felt like photography was very comparable to like the pursuit of music just in, you know, a it being art and B it being received so differently by by every person that looks at it, you know? So it's like, um, you can appeal to so many people, but in entirely different ways for each person, you know, with the same photo or the same song, you know, everybody can take something different away from it. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, what would you say that you hope that people feel whenever they listen to your music? I love that question too. Um, I guess overall, like the, the biggest response that I've had that's kind of floored me that um, I like to hear the most is when people feel understood or maybe recognized by my music, like, uh, that they hear it and they're like, wow, I, I feel like I could have written this, or I feel like this is about me. Um, cause it's like wow. so special, <laughs> like to, for somebody, um, I've, I'm not gonna lie. I've cried many tears from messages of people being like, dude, like why this is about my life. Like I connected so deeply with the song and, Oh man, there's like nothing better than hearing that. And so it's like, if, if someone was to take anything away from my music, I just hope they feel heard, I guess. I love that. Yeah. That's so cool. To, that's such a unique thing too, is to be able to to put music out there like that and kind of express how you feel and things like that. And then have people kind of reciprocate that feeling and be like, wow, like I feel it in your music. And I feel like that's just uh, such a cool thing. Yeah. It's powerful. It's crazy. It is, it is for sure. Uh, what would you say like your, uh, your writing processes? Do you have a set process or is every song a little bit different? Ooh, that's interesting. I don't know if I've ever actually reviewed that um, with, you know, looking back at what I've done, I guess it's kind of evolved through the years uh, knowing that, you know, I was a child when I started writing, there was no nothing strategic about it. Um, it all began kind of as like, I guess you could kind of look at it as like a diary, you know, like as a kid, you're writing these thoughts that you have like up in your bedroom like all alone just sharing like your thoughts with the walls around you and nobody else is really a part of the process I guess it's it's similar now too but it was so um obviously it wasn't a business back then you know it wasn't anything structured it was just like free writing like yeah. uh, and I love that and I there's been moments where I miss that I miss it being this innocent um you know, like personal thing, obviously there's still like elements that are, but once you, once you make it into a business, like you have to reach out to find that again. Yeah. Um, but now it's, it's definitely, I went through a phase, like admittedly that I was writing with like, how, how am I going to reach people? Like, I want this song to go over well. And I'll tell you right now that that was the, that was not the period of time where I successfully wrote anything. You know, I think that's maybe that's obvious. Cause it's like, the authenticity wasn't present. So it was like, 
what the hell is going to come out of this that I can use, you know? Yeah. But, um, that was a short period of time. I knew it was failing. And then it was like, I stepped away from it and came back and it was like, I had all these feelings that I had, I needed a place to go with. And so I would say like my approach to writing is I write without a schedule. It's whenever I'm inspired. And I think most musicians can relate to that, but you can't force a song. So it's like, if I sit down and nothing's flowing, then it's nothing's flowing. I can't use it. But if I sit down and there's this topic that's like heavy on my heart or something I'm like super enthusiastic about, um, usually I can write a song in a sitting um, and it's, you know, ready to be taken and to a producer and worked on from that point forward. Cause it's usually like, I'm feeling these, these emotions so strongly that they're all going to come out in that one sitting usually. So I don't know if that kind of answered the question, but yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think that I've struggled with that as well. Um, you know, it's like photography was a hobby, you know, and I turned that hobby and passion into a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, now you're, you're more, more trying to book, you know, things to, you know, like weddings and things like that, you know, to be, make the business successful. So it's right. like, you have to, it's hard to find that uh, hard to find that balance of like making it still making it a hobby and making sure that you don't get burnt out on it. Exactly. So maybe, we, maybe we can talk about that. Do you have any tips for people on like if they have taken a hobby and turned it into a business or a profession, like how to kind of make sure that you always kind of go back to find your passion and make sure you don't get caught up in the, the business side too much? Yeah, for sure. That's um, I feel like that's such a relevant thing for me right now, just because uh like in the last year, especially, um, you know, last year, as you know, I got married. So I was balancing, you know, planning a wedding, a destination wedding at that and, um, financing that while still trying to prep an EP and go to the studio and fund it. And there was a lot of stress involved with, um, seeking balance and all that. And so I was getting burnt out because I was overloading my plate, which is such a, oh my gosh, I just had a, 30 minute rant about that to Trey's girls the other day (laughs) because I was like, I want you guys to think about this, you know, at 14 and 12, because this is something I'm working on in my mid twenties, you know? And I'm, I'm like trying to set them up. Like, think about this. Don't overload your plate. Cause it's like, if you overload your plate, you will get burnt out. You'll lose that fire. So I think the best advice I would give to avoid that is to know when to take a step away, even if it's your hobby and your passion, like you do have to take breaks from it sometimes even if it's just like a break from the business side of it and you're just doing it for fun for a week, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm sure like you, like I know you for sure go on trips so that you can like, you know, get back to what inspires you. And cause we've talked about this, like it's very much so like nature that, that you connect with heavily when you're yeah. photographing. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, yeah. I love going back out into nature and kind of, that's where I kind of like started too, which is cool. It's like, you know, we, I have a family farm here and, um, mm-hmm. that we live that I live on and that's kind of like where I got my start of you know taking pictures of the sunset and going out and like photographing like you know deer in the field and things like that so it's fun to kind of go back to the roots and be like yeah, yeah like this is why I started doing this like this is like my passion so yeah I think that's yeah, such exactly. good advice for sure always got to read yeah for sure so speaking of uh um, that EP. So that is coming out July 17th <laughs> Palm Valley so kind of tell us about that um, are you super ex- stoked on that yeah, um, I it's crazy. I um, it's been emotional because it's taken me four years to put this EP out, which is like insanely longer than it, probably any other artist takes on an EP. It's not even a, like a full album, 
Um, and I, I've wanted to talk about this and I'm really glad you brought it up. Cause it's like, this is another lesson I'm learning within my solo career as an artist, which is that, and this applies to like milestones in life. This is very relevant. I feel like for our generation, but it's on your own timeline, you know, like you don't have to meet any, anybody's expectations of when something should happen, because if it's the way it's supposed to be, it's going to be organic and it's going to happen, you know, naturally with what works for you. So for me, when it came to getting, getting my emotions together after my band broke up and then funding it and then um, making sure it was what I wanted to represent myself with when I first dropped an EP, that took me four years and that's a long ass time, but I'm so proud of it for that reason. At first I was kind of, um, I was kind of crushed by how long it took me initially because I was like, I should have already finished this. Like people were expecting it, but that doesn't matter. Like what matters is that it's authentic to me as an artist and it's going to be real for the people who want to listen to it. Um, and, and like, once I got that perspective in check, I was like, okay, like I shouldn't, you know, you should never stand in the way of being proud of something that you spent time on. Yeah, I love that kind of just like sticking to your own schedule and not worrying about like what you think other people want. I think that's important too to make sure it's like a, a very authentic um, EP and things like that. Um, yeah, for sure. What would you say your favorite song on it would be? Because I think this will this uh, podcast will come out maybe like a day or two before. So um, kind of tell us like maybe like walk us through oh, the, the track list and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. So the first track on the EP is called Heaven. Um, and that one's about my relationship with my husband, like in the, in the beginning and realizing like what that meant for us and what it meant for me, um, you know, coming out of a relationship that wasn't as safe or, um, safe in a good way, not safe in like a, a settling way, but safe in a, you know, free to be who you are as an individual way. Yeah. That's what that song explores. And so that track's really important to me. And I wanted to open the EP with it because it's, so very honest as it should be with any song that a musician releases, but it's also very um, like the core of my heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's very like, uh, it's kind of serious. It's not an upbeat track, which I debated whether or not I should start the EP with like something that hits you right in the face. But the truth is like me as a person is not somebody that would hit you right in the face. So I think to be more authentic to like me as an artist and me as a person, I needed to open with something that was kind of like a warm hug. I don't know. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It sounds silly. I think that's an Olaf quote. Oh my gosh. I love it. But yeah. So that one's important to me, but the whole EP, obviously I'm, I'm really proud of, um, you know, the second and third track 19 and tell me you love me. Those are more upbeat. Um, 19 is about when I was 19. So that song has been something that needed to come out for seven years. It wasn't written seven years ago, but it was a topic that has been on my heart for that long. And so I'm really excited that that's coming out. I mean, I dropped that as a single, but I'm, I'm excited. It's a part of the CP. And then obviously, Tell Me You Love Me was a huge collaboration project with most, I mean, pretty much Steeples, yeah. um, featuring E. Philly, our good friend Eric, yeah. and um, Taylor James. So that one I'm really stoked to have on the EP because... I mean, it's just such a badass collaboration yeah, project. So, was, I mean, you were there for so much of it. Yeah. So it was it was such an experience. Like, I don't know, that track makes me so happy yeah. to think about. 
Yeah, it takes, takes then, me back for sure. I feel like I remember the first time, I think we were at Steeple's practice back in the day. And uh, I remember yeah. you were like, I have like a song I want to show you guys. And you sat down and played it with your acoustic guitar. And we were all like, wow, like that is, that's so cool. And then it kind of just like took off yeah. from there. So I love both of the And singles. I love that too, that, um, you know, bringing up like, I love that community of friends, like including you and the Steeple's boys, like, yeah. and their wives, like that whole house was always so welcoming for like creatives to share what they were working on. Yeah, it was incredible. And that played such a huge role in this EP really was just those all those people <laughs> yeah that's such a fun fun journey for sure yeah for sure oh and to uh cap off the track listing on the ep um there's also city sleep which is probably the oldest song or the second oldest song on the ep it was the first one i took in studio with jared headley who is i mean like such a badass I mean he's he's amazing like I he was at my wedding in Colorado I don't know if you guys had a chance to I don't meet, think we did unfortunately damn I should have introduced you it was a busy yeah, it was day, busy day yeah. some stuff going One day. on yeah <laughs> yeah but um he's he's just like insanely insanely talented with production and writing and any instrument I can think of um, and he took City Sleep and took it exactly where I wanted it to go. And that song was literally like a hellish experience in the studio in the best way, because it's about like me versus myself, like my own mind Yeah. Um, from like, a, you know, a really like dark time of my life. And Jared coached me back into that mindset to perform the song. And so it was like, I mean, I was exhausted because it was like all of these emotions that he brought back. Um, which is another like example of his talent because he was able to to pull that out of me yeah. for the performance. So it was amazing. And then the final track is pretty much a bonus. It's a voice memo from like an iPhone that's been mastered. And it's literally a song that I was writing. Like it wasn't written. It was me like taking a rough take in the house with my band in 2016. Like you can hear them in the background. Oh, wow. And so that one's kind of like, it's, it's heavy for me to listen to it because I can relive like that exact moment. But um, yeah, it kind of summarizes, like it kind of predicted looking back that that voice memo predicted what was to come, which was like the end of that band and um, everything that came with that. So it's, it's pretty heavy. I, I hope people will listen to it like knowing what it is it's not supposed to be like a finished track it's supposed to be kind of like a window into that part of my life yeah that's the whole ep <laughs> i'm excited to hear it yeah i'm so super stoked for it to be out um, so that'll be july 17th um maybe we can kind of dive back into yeah. the uh the steeples days a little bit and kind of talk about like how the universe kind of uh works in mysterious ways because if i if i remember correctly um uh, they were working on i think the third mixtape mix yeah third mixtape yeah. and they had the song IOY and they're like we really want someone to be featured on this song and they they put out like uh what they, I think they put out like a Facebook post or something like that and somehow you got tagged can you kind of walk us through that a little bit yeah yeah and I love how you said it was like the universe because it was totally a stars aligning kind of yeah. thing with them and I'm like so I'm like grinning like I love talking about this experience with steeples but because I just love all these people so yeah, much. Um, and I met you because of them. Yeah. But anyway, so I actually, they put out the 
the ad, I guess, or the the post about wanting a female vocalist. I had never heard of them. Um, well, it's funny because I kind of I had heard of Fivefold. I had listened to Fivefold, yeah. but I ha- I didn't even realize that connection at the time. But my friend Caleb actually sent it to me and was like, "Hey, you should reach out to them." And at the time, I had just recently, you know, my band had split up not too long before that, maybe a, a year or two. Yeah, I'm not even sure. And I was, I was thinking like, I'm not sure if I'm ready to collaborate. Like I was really kind of burned, you know, I was like scared of opening like myself back up to working with other people on music because it was like, I mean, you you know, it's like such a personal thing when you're writing with other people. Yeah. And I was scared to let people back in, honestly, um, which now looking back, like, thank God it was, it was literally the universe, like no, you're going to have to do this. Like you don't have a choice. This is, this is landing in front of you for a reason. So for, I'm not even sure. I I think it was like a a notion. I was like, okay, cool. I'll check it out. Even though I really resented the idea of, of reaching out to them at the time I reached out and I think it was Eric that was writing me, but it was on like the steeples page and they were like, yeah, come on out. Like they gave me the address to like, Derek's house yeah. and I remember being like kind of like this I don't know if this is legit like I don't know these people yeah. I don't know what to expect I brought Trey with me so Trey drives me out to their house and I roll up like super nervous like I don't know what this is gonna be like they could be total assholes <laughs> like you yeah, know all, yeah. the, all the things you can think of or maybe I'm gonna get kidnapped who knows so I show up and I immediately walk in and I, I know Nicole was there, obviously. I don't know if, I feel like there was another girl there. But honestly, I'm not yeah. sure. But, and I walk in and they're all like, yeah, for sure. They like hand us drinks and we go down to the basement where they have like the vocal booth and everything, you know. Yeah. And we start working on it and I'm like, dude, this song is so cool. Like I'm standing there wanting to be guarded and wanting to have this option to be like, yeah, I don't know if it's really flowing, you know, maybe I should leave. But I didn't have that. I didn't have that at all. It was me like, these people are are super cool. And this song is way too cool for me to, to not just stay here, like, and commit. And then I remember this so clearly, like, their, their energy, I mean, you know them as people, like, they are so welcoming. They're so encouraging. They're so, like, inspiring creatives, you know? Um, they're like, let's get you in the booth and let's see, you know, like, let's get you comfortable. Let's see like how it sounds. And I remember this, like it was yesterday, Ryan was upstairs, Ryan Cheney, who you just had on the show was upstairs and he was getting a drink, I think out of the fridge and they were, you know, they had sent me the song beforehand. So I, I kind of knew the words and Eric was like, go ahead and just, you know, try this verse. And so I start recording and I'm in the booth and I hear Ryan upstairs like scream like oh my gosh and he like comes like barreling down the stairs and he's like she sounds so good (laughs) and like my ego just inflated like I didn't have room in the vocal booth anymore I was suffocating (laughs) because my ego but I remember being like okay they like they like me they like what I'm doing and it was like that instantaneous moment of like I love collaborating like this is what I missed you know yeah. So, cause like that energy of people pumping you up and loving what you're working on and like that immediate response of like what you're doing, that's not present when you're solo. 
you know, because you're in a room writing by yourself and then you're like, hey, self, do you like this? And you're like, not really. And then you're like, <laughs> well, I don't have another opinion. So I guess we're going to cut that song. So, yeah. you know, it was just like this immediate like, God, I miss being in a band. And from that point forward, I pretty much got the experience of being in a band again because of Steebles. Yeah. I mean, that was, that's just that's such a cool story. And I love that. But yeah, it's so nice to, to collaborate with people too, because it's like everyone has their ideas and can kind of like lift the project together. So I think that's a, a big thing for sure. Definitely. And actually, like since we're covering that and you had asked earlier, what advice to give to other artists who are starting out, like find other people and work with them. And even if it's not a match or not a long-term project, like it makes you grow so much and, you know, it helps you, um, approach songs in a way you wouldn't have thought to do before and you, you just evolve as an artist from it and you know like this is a good time to thank steeples for being such a huge part of like leading up to the cp and um you know who i am as a musician now because everybody in that band um contributed i love it so yeah i'm super excited for that to be out um, maybe we can transition a little bit away from music now and talk about um, Thrift and Thistle. I'll let you kind of explain like what it is and everything. Yeah, so uh, I'm so excited to talk about this because this is like the first time I've really discussed it outside of like, hey mom, guess what I'm doing? Yeah. Um, so Thrift and Thistle is my online thrift shop, basically. Um, and it was born earlier this year, actually right before... COVID really got kind of bad. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, I just moved back to Austin and I was working my, my regular day job and prepping the EP. And I was kind of like, you know, I need a side hustle because in Missouri, I was playing wineries and breweries and um, I was getting to perform a lot. And that was helping me fund my projects, which is beautiful. And I, yeah. I loved that I had those opportunities. But here in Austin, you know, it's so saturated that you're not necessarily going to book a show and, and, um, get paid. I mean, it's as simple as that. Yeah. So I was like, I need a side hustle. And it was, it was like, it just hit me. Like I was literally thinking about this earlier today. Like, I don't remember how, like, I was so sure that this was what I was going to do, but I thrift a lot. Cause it's like an addiction, honestly. Yeah. Like I love the thrill of finding something that's like so cool and I love the thrill of being like, man, I, you know, I didn't get this in a store. Like I didn't go somewhere I predictably knew this would be. I went and hunted for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like so there's it. like, yeah, there's like a high that comes with that. So, but I was like, you know, I can only thrift so much because I need to stop spending money. Because even if it's cheaper, like I can't take the whole store home. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, I would find all these cool things that I couldn't take home. And I'd be like, oh man, I hope someone appreciates them, you know? And yeah. then I realized like, well, what if I took them home and I made them available to people who aren't here, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just tried it out and it was like, we'll see what happens. And I kind of made an Instagram account, um, you know, for the username Thrift and Thistle. And I listed, like I curated a small collection that I felt like went together and, and represented like a style that I'm proud of. And I dropped it. And I think I sold like every single item in like two days. And I was kind of like, wow, I did not expect that. It was one of those, like, I expected a total failure and it was well received. So then I was like, I should do this every week. So I kept doing it. And then I was um, thrifting for business wear. And I was like, I should 
drop business wear. And then that was well received. So now I have a business wear separate line that's called Blazer and Birch. And that drops weekly as well. So now I'm in this really, really cool position, like fast forward to now where I get to go hunt for really cool finds and then present them online to people who wouldn't necessarily either have the time to look for the, like the treasure, you know, yeah, or to people who don't have um, a lot of, you know, thrifting opportunities near them. So it's like, it makes me feel really good too. Cause the main thing and why I've been thrifting all my life, um, cause a, like it's affordable, but what I understand more importantly now, um, as an adult is that it's sustainable because like fast fashion is devastating. Um, you know, there's, there's children making clothing for these stores in the mall that are not paid or paid with their daily food, or it's really horrible conditions. And we're basically allowing that to continue by purchasing through, um, these stores that use that kind of labor to stock their shelves. So I was like, that makes me really uncomfortable. Um, and so I was kind of like, I'll keep thrifting and that, that makes me feel better. But now that I'm making that available to more people, it's, it's such a good feeling. Yeah, that's so cool. I remember seeing like the page and everything you posted and then like kind of going and looking at it and I was like, wow, like this is like such a great idea. And I was like, this is fascinating. So yeah, that's really cool transition into that. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, the, the bonus of that is, you know, every package that goes out, um, has like a postcard, like, Hey, you've kept clothes from going in a landfill. Cause that's the other thing is the amount of waste that comes from fast fashion. Um, and then additionally, like, you know, my buyers have also helped me continue to make music. So it's also an outlet to make people aware of my music and that they're, they're not only shopping small and, and helping me as an individual, but helping me as an artist. Yeah. That's so cool. And I love that the sustainability thing as well. It's like, that's so important. Um, yeah. You got take care of the planet and take care of the people on the planet. So I love it. And that's, that's so cool. I remember you had a, a main, the main t-shirt, the bands and it was on yeah. there and, and then someone bought it and I was like, Oh no, dang it. I was like, I need to, I know. I yep. thought I was like, I gotta I be faster. It. I was like, I gotta be faster next time. <laughs> yeah. It's that's crazy. The band tees fly. Like I yeah. had a, a bad son's tee that I listed this morning. Um, and it sold in like 20 minutes or something. And I had a couple people write me like, damn, I'm really sad. I missed this. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. I try to like, um, when people miss items, um, I try to remember what they're interested in. And then if I find something similar, I send it to them before I, I drop it. Cause oh, it's like, cool. here's a, here's a better chance. You know, I don't want to like keep having people miss stuff because they're working or whatever when I drop. Yeah. So. I love it. Yeah. That's such a good, such a good idea. And it kind of funds your music thing too, which is great. Thank you. Oh, and best part, it's so freaking fun. I bet it is fun. <laughs> that would be, it yeah. Is. I might have to go check out some thrift stores. Um, yeah, dude. It'll, it's addicting, so just be careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, why do you think it's so important to do something that you're passionate about? I know we talked about it a little bit um, earlier on, uh, but kind of really finding that thing that you're passionate about and not really being as concerned with what other people think, you know? Yeah, that's, um, that's everything. I think, I don't, I don't know what I would do without, you know, music and now thrifting. Um, like, I, I feel like it's so critical to have something you're passionate about that feeds into your purpose. And, um, cause that plays such a huge role in your mental health, I think is having something that you're getting up for every day, you know, beyond like paying your bills to exist. Like you, you want to have something that's feeding like your soul, you know, I think yeah. that's talked about a lot, um, especially now more than ever, but it's so true because if you're not, 
focusing on like the, the shit you really love, like you're not really living, you know, and that, and that comes down to whether it's things that you enjoy as solely a hobby, or if you have turned them into a business, um, it's important to do both really. But, you know, like I, and this is something that I'm talking a lot with my husband, Trey, because he's, he's, uh, kind of defining what those things are for him, um, in his life. Cause he's very much so always focused on other people. And so, while that's amazing, like you have to have something that feeds you as an individual. Yeah. I like that. How would you say your mindset, why, how would you say your, uh, mindset has shifted in the last five years, like maybe around that specific thing or something else, like kind of just like your kind of overall mindset towards life has shifted. Oh my gosh. Like monumentally it's, let's see, five years ago to be specific, I was 21. So, and at 21, I was like, I was depressed as hell and very insecure, um, very unsure of like what direction I was going to go in. Uh, it was actually five years ago was, wow, five years ago. That really was right before my band broke up. So uh, I was very obsessed with my band, um, but not in a healthy way. Like I'm obsessed with my music now, but it's in a very like loving relationship. Back then it was like, kind of um manipulative and controlling and I mean I mean that with it being like a career like it was manipulative and controlling because I I would make toxic decisions based off of um either how to stay connected or further myself or you know and I don't mean to say that I was I was personally trying to have bad intent but I was just so naive maybe that I was desperate and I don't know it's it's looking back like I've grown so much as like someone who can see my priorities and what's going to protect me as a you know as an emotional person and protect like uh what my goals are because like the truth is you want longevity and you want um success but those don't matter without longevity and your mental health and your heart and your mind and your energy you know so I think now like better than I ever have before I'm learning how to prioritize those things and um, take care of myself. Cause it's like, and I've been telling this to a lot of people um, who are going through the same, you know, growth as I am, which is like, nothing matters without um, you, you being able to give a hundred percent. Cause it's like, yeah, sure. You're, you're dividing yourself to pursue everything, but if you're not taking care of your heart first, you can't give everything to whatever you're pursuing because you're suffering, you know? So I think the biggest thing I've learned is like, you have to take care of yourself and you have to set aside time to exist as just a human and not a business person. I love all that. That's so good. Oh my gosh. I feel like you've given so much great advice. Thank you. That means so much. Yeah. I feel like I'm like inspired to like, I don't know. I'm super inspired. Um, Oh my gosh. That means the world. I kind of went into this like I don't know what I'm gonna I'm gonna offer. I think I told you that, and you were like, "You'll do great." And I'm sitting here like, I don't know, but this has been such a like a you know it's eye opening to me too. I'm as the person speaking like these are all things that I haven't necessarily collected into organized thoughts before. So yeah, I'm gonna listen to this podcast and be like, "Those are some great notes, KG. Thank you." Yeah, you're like, I got this. That's awesome. (laughs) 
I love it. Well, maybe let's uh, wrap the podcast up. This has been a great episode. Wrap it up with uh, maybe just talking about um, some music that you love. Um, what would you say, like, uh, who is a band or a musician that's inspired you the most? Oh, yes. Um, so immediately I think of Lights, which have we? I feel like we've talked about her. Yeah, we've definitely talked about her. Yeah, she's amazing. She's, she actually, she's really good. Her, yeah, her last, um, like, big album was every track went with a chapter in a comic book that she um, she created an entire world, an entire plot um, and characters that, I mean, it's just like insane. It's kind of like a dystopian, um, futuristic, like comic book. I mean, it's insane. And she has a chapter that goes with each song. So it's that like blew my mind and I was already obsessed with her and um, super impressed with everything she's ever done. She was part of why I got into music actually. Um, just because I was like, that's a badass female in music and I want to be that. So that's like the first person I think of the other, like the first musician that I was ever like, holy shit, music is, you know, like the best thing in the world was John Mayer. And I was maybe like eight or nine when I thought that. Yeah. Yeah. I just think he's, I mean, dreamy as hell, first of all, but also so good at guitar, so good at, um, just lyrics and everything. And I think it's really cool. Like looking back over his entire career too, like how he's grown and shifted as an artist. Yeah. yeah. I love John Mayer too. Yeah. I have, I actually have one more question that I just remembered. Um, I wanted to ask you about your new EP Palm Valley. How did you come up with the name Palm Valley for the EP? I love that. Um, great question. So it's cool because it sounds so badass and like mysterious and like this like remote does. Yeah. location. Like I picture like an El Camino on fire in the background or something. Yeah. But uh, it's really the name of an apartment complex that I lived in when most of the EP was written. So there's a lyric um, in City Sleep where I say I knocked on a door in Palm Valley. And it was actually uh, where I moved in with Trey, like when my when my world first like fell apart after my band and he was also going through a big change in his life um and so that was the apartment where I first started writing as a solo artist after the end of my band so I I guess you could say like the EP was born there wow that's really cool I like the uh the El El Camino on fire in the background we might have to do a uh, music video with that right Oh, I would love that. I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, after saying that, I'm like, man, I missed an album cover like opportunity, but I like the music video concept. I think we should yeah. do that. Yeah, let's make that happen. Okay, well, deal. Thank you. thank you so much, KG. This has been a great conversation. And I think I've I've learned a lot today. And I think a lot of the people listening to the the episode will also learn a lot. So thank you so much for all of your your knowledge and your time. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I I mean, this is so fun. I've this is my first experience and I'm really glad it was with you and and I hope the listeners love it. Yeah, me too. And don't forget to check out, if you're listening to this, don't forget to check out Palm Valley. It's coming out July 17th. So, and I will hopefully see you again soon, KG. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.